Welcome to the Gem Revealed podcast, where together we discover your soulmate. This is a weekly series of powerful conversations with expert speakers, thought leaders, and relationship coaches talking through the victories and villains that weave their way into our most significant relationships. Please join me, Janine Moniz, founder of Gem Revealed Matchmaking, to learn the raw truth regarding the pitfalls and plateaus of dating in today's society. We will have open and transparent conversations surrounding the staggering facts that one out of every two marriages fail. Let's stop this insanity and learn how to date smarter. Learn how a healthy relationship starts with you. What do you need to do differently to build the right foundation for your relationship? Hello, listeners. Welcome to another uh, session of Gem Revealed Self Mastery to Soulmate. Every week, it is my biggest, uh, it's my biggest desire is to make sure that I bring you a guest who's not only going to add value to your relationships, but to your overall life. And so I get to seek the world looking for someone who's going to share uh, just so much wisdom and knowledge, and that's aligned with our gem revealed way of thinking. And so yet again, we have brought forth another incredible guest. Her name is Stevie Dawn, and she runs her company, Stevie Dawn Inspires. She is a business coach, a professional speaker, and yeah, she does the coaching in any area of life in order for you to become the best version of yourself. And the cool topic that we're going to talk about that most people don't really make readily available to themselves but need so much is this notion of emotional IQ. What is your EQ, your emotional quotient? And Stevie's going to walk us through how she found this topic, why it was so important to her, and how you, as a listener, are going to walk away with day-to-day tasks, activities, action steps that can not only, again, change your relationships, but change your life. So it is with no further ado, I introduce Stevie Dawn. How are you today? Oh, I am so good. Thank you so much for having me. What a wonderful introduction. I love it. You should do all my intros. Oh, that was okay. beautiful. I loved it. So good. Well, it is such an incredible privilege to have you here. It's been fun in some of our pre-conversations to learn a little bit about you, hear some of your story. And I'm in love with this whole topic of emotional IQ. It's not something most people really talk about. Um, you know, we talk about, we throw out the word leadership, we throw out all these other, you know, self-growth, but are we really talking about emotional intelligence? So I'd love to hear a little bit more. So where do we even begin with this big, vast topic? Yeah, you know, I, I think I think the important thing to, to remember and to, to start with when it comes to emotional intelligence is, is it's not always about turning your emotions off. It's not always about compartmentalizing them into a little box inside your brain and trying not to use them. It's really the intelligence part, when to use them, how to use them, and how to accept that they're part of our daily lives and they are what make us human. So we need to embrace our emotions and we need to allow them to be a healthy part 
of our lives and not a hindrance. And, you know, I, <laughs> I always think back to when did emotional intelligence come into my life? Because it was never a, never a topic I thought about, never something I was at all interested in. But I was studying leadership for my PhD and everybody else had a topic, right? Everybody else had a passion in leadership that they wanted to study. Some people were studying gender difference. Somebody was start studying age differences. Other people were studying strategy and vision. And I just had no clue what I wanted to study. I just, I was like, leadership is cool. That's why I'm here. I don't really have anything else. And what I did have was a not so great relationship with my advisor. And we, we just didn't hit it off, right? We just didn't connect really well, at least in my eyes. She may not agree with me on that. But I'll never forget, there was a day that she sent me an email and, the, and it had an attachment. But literally the email, all that was in it was a subject line. And it said, you need this. Wow, okay. That was it. Lacking a little emotion intelligence there, but... So here's the thing, right? I, I, I like to look back on this in two ways, right? Now she attached an article on emotional intelligence. I can either take that as she thought I had none, which by the way, she was probably right. Uh, but she thought I had none and just needed it because we didn't have the greatest relationship. Or, right, I could take it as she thought it would be a good research topic. So depending on my day, depends on my mood and which one I think that that really was, but the article changed my life. Wow. And it changed my life because I was in this moment where I had, I had had some relationships that hadn't worked. I had had a lot of jobs. I had done a lot of job hopping, right? Couldn't really find my place, couldn't find my thing. And at the end of the day, I didn't have a lot of close friends didn't have a lot of people in my circle back then. And when I read this article, I realized that this was the reason I didn't have that in my life. It was because I was lacking emotional intelligence. Because what I learned in that article was that our emotions can get in the way of us listening, of us speaking, and of us understanding. And I figured out, oh my gosh, she is so right. I needed this because this is what's been getting in my way in life. And once I realized that and I started diving into it, not only was it a great research topic and I love learning everything I could, but it changed how I went into every relationship from then on. And as my husband and I like to say, we have an emotionally intelligent household which not everybody does, right? But we do because we know how important it is. So, so I, I, I would just, I, as a place to start, I, I would just love for people to know we don't all have it gifted to us in, at birth. That was definitely not me. Um, but it really is not just about like putting your emotions away. It's about learning how they rule your life and when to let them and when not to. And I think there's a lot of power in that. It's not only power, it really does design the, the whole future in front of you, and especially as it pertains to a relationship. So this whole thing is fascinating, and I really love how you came into it. So how do we chunk this down into bite-sized pieces? Like, what does this mean, especially for a listener? So where do we begin with it? 
Yeah, I think the the place to start that I that I start in all my classes and with all my coaching sessions is is let's do a pulse check. And this is something we can do. You and I will do it right now. I'm and gonna, any listener doing wait, it, we're going to reveal can, that I don't have emotional intelligence. No, it will not reveal that. Okay. I promise it will not reveal. All right, that. I'm good. I'm ready. I'm ready. Nothing bad coming out. Okay, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to just close your eyes, and I want you right now in this moment. I want you to think about how you're feeling. I want you to just do a little pulse check of how you're feeling. And I want you to put a number to it between one and 10. 10 being today's amazing, I feel great, everything is wonderful. One being I'm kind of done with today and I'm kind of just ready for tomorrow and that's okay, right? So somewhere between one and 10, what number feels good to you right now? Go. Um, a low nine. A low nine. Okay, great. And I would say I'm about a seven, right? So in average, we're having a pretty good day, right? It's not a bad day. Nothing's really going wrong. But here's the secret to this idea of a pulse check. And that's what it is. It's just taking the pulse of yourself and how you're feeling. That number impacts the effort it takes to listen and speak. I've never heard, I've never heard somebody phrase that before, but that is so crucial, especially with an authentic, if you're authentically taking that pulse check. So if right? you're having a four and you're trying to pretend you're an eight, I'm assuming the four is going to rear its ugly head. It does. And it usually does in the way we least want it to, right? Like we're really trying to, to not let it slip out our mouths, but it does. And what we have to realize is that that's natural and it's normal. So it's okay. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to, to have to ask for grace because you said the wrong thing because your force slipped out your mouth when you didn't mean for it to. And I think if we actually get in the habit of pulse checking, what that encourages me to do is to start thinking, so how do I make my day better? If I don't want my three to come out my mouth, how do I make my day better? It all of a sudden puts ownership on us to say, this is my day. I need to make it what I want to make it. But we got to be authentic with that number and we got to be thoughtful with it. And in a relationship, it's important to not only know our number, we got to know what theirs is. Because how are we going to have a great conversation with this person if they're feeling it too? It's not so, a time to have a critical conversation when everybody is upset. I, I think this is, it's truly fascinating. So what's really hitting me is if you are in conflict, right? If you are upset and maybe somebody has offended you or your feelings are hurt, or there's something happening that you don't have quite control over and you've dipped down into those, you know, lower numbers and I am feeling at a two, what are the chances I'm going to speak at a high level of a 10 and be articulate and have any kind of healthy dialogue? And I, by the way, I've never heard this explained like this before. And I've been in this field for 12. Well, I, 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 I hope that it's helpful. <laughs> it is a way that I have learned just to manage it, to manage myself and to manage my expectations of others. Because we know that that's what it is, right? It's an expectation of somebody else that we're in this conversation and I know I'm not feeling good. I know you're not feeling good. So why do we keep going round and round? Why don't we, why don't we take that healthy choice to say, you know what, now is not the time 
for this kind of conversation because right now we can't have it and still listen to each other because that's the other piece. It's not just about how you speak, it is how you listen. When you're having a bad day, it takes a lot more effort to listen. And a lot of us, let's face it, when we're having a bad day, we don't wanna put in the effort. We just, we just don't, we don't wanna show up, we don't wanna put in the effort. So if I don't wanna put in the effort, right? then maybe this is not the time for that conversation. You know, if we're in conflict, maybe this is one of those moments where we need to say today is not the day. We need to go away. We need to raise our number. Then we can have an actual healthy dialogue. But nobody has a healthy dialogue at a two. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that is so enlightening for me. It's like mind-blowing the emoji. <laughs> um, and again, it's, it's, it's simple to understand, but yet we're also guilty of it. So tell us more. So here yeah. we are, we're identifying, I'm in this place of awareness now. So yeah. understanding that I shouldn't speak when I'm a below anything like in my, my world, don't go, don't have my mouth under a seven. Right, right, yeah. I always say if you're below a five, it's probably a good day to not people. Right. Just don't see people. Don't see humans. Be with your dog. Raise your number. Then go see the humans. Uh, my my dad once gave me a shirt and it had peopling as the verb and then a big X through it. And he said, wear that shirt on those days and we'll know you're not peopling today. There you go. Not peopling. No, not, um, you no know, so, so I think no humans. It's a no human day. Um, I think the pulse check is really of critical importance, but I think it's quickly followed up, right? For me personally, by this idea of, we have to be willing to really set clear expectations of what we want. And, and I think they're tied together, right? Because if, if I'm in a bad place and I'm having a bad day, I don't know what I want. I just know it's not you. Whatever you're saying right now, that just, that isn't it. But I have a really hard time telling you what I want. And if we can't be clear in our communication, if we can't have clear expectations, people are going to let us down, which leads to this idea of emotional stamp collecting. So I'm going I'm paint to paint a little picture for you here. Okay. So emotional stamp collecting. Here's, here's the thought. I want you to picture my husband and I are on the couch. It's a Monday night. We just moved into this new house. And so a lot of things have changed. And one of the things that have changed is trash day. Trash day used to be Friday. Now it's Tuesday. Very easy change, but that's the deal. So I want you to picture we're there Monday night, sitting on the couch, staring at the TV. I don't know what kind of day we're having. It really doesn't matter. But I say trash day tomorrow. And he says, yep. Now, I could ask you what you think I meant by trash day tomorrow. And you might say, well, you probably meant you should get up and take out the trash because, you know, trash day tomorrow. And that's fine. That's fine. That was 100% what I meant. But that was not what I said. Right? So I didn't set a clear expectation. I just hinted. Now, when I say this in a, in a large ballroom of people, there's usually somebody in the back who goes, oh, but he knew what you meant. You were married. I'm like, yes, but, right? We have an emotionally intelligent relationship, an emotionally intelligent household. So we know that sometimes we're not exactly as clear as we should be. So then the next day, it's Tuesday morning. I get up, I get ready for work. I go out. 
I start driving the car out of the house. And then all of a sudden I notice the trash is still by the house, not by the curb. So what do I do? Do I go all the way back upstairs and start yelling at him? Not this time, because I think it's no big deal. That is the number one lie we tell ourselves every day of our lives is that something is not a big deal. Because if you actually have to tell yourself it's not a big deal, guess what? It was a big deal. And you just filed away what we call an emotional stamp. And on that stamp, it had the date, the time, the guilty party, what they were wearing, what they did wrong, what you, know, what you thought to say, but didn't say. You collect all that information on this little tiny stamp and you file it away in your brain. And it sits there collecting dust till about three months later. And about three months later, maybe sometimes he's taken out the trash, maybe sometimes he hasn't, but this one particular day, it has gone too far. And I do get out of my car, come all the way back upstairs to the bedroom where he's still in bed and start screaming at him. The trick is though, with emotional stamps, you don't only cash in the ones that are related to that event. You cash in any emotional stamp you've collected over the last six months, the last eight months, the last 18 years. And I go off on him, right? And I say all these things about all this stuff. At that moment in time, how many stamps had he collected? Zero. So is he upset? No, he doesn't even know why I'm upset. But in that moment, I am unleashing. And that is something that can really create toxic relationships because we go postal on people because we collected too many stamps. And one of the things I learned is that's what I had done my entire life. I collected stamps on people. I kept saying, it's no big deal. I'm going to let it go. I'm a big person. I didn't let that go. I brought it up six years later when they were doing something not at all related. We have to be aware that when we don't set clear expectations and people let us down, we collect those stamps. And if you collect enough stamps, you will go postal on somebody. And that is not a healthy place to be for either side of that relationship. So I really, I love what you're saying because if there's every person listening right now is going, I do that. I know I do that. But what I want to do is just to really make it clear, right, is to go back and say what should have been done. So for instance, you're sitting on the sofa and you're saying trash day. Instead, should that had been um, at that point, make sure you're saying, hey, you know, can we remember trash Trish Day has changed now. So I'm really hoping that we could both remember to make sure that it's this day. That, that would be the best case scenario. Absolutely, right? So the best case scenario is to think about when you could have set a clearer expectation so that maybe they never would have done something to make you collect a stamp. That's the number one goal, right? So if I had gone back to that moment, could I have said and said, hey, babe, would you mind taking out the trash. Remember, trash day has changed and I just don't want us to forget. And what? he probably would have said, sure, gotten up and gone and done it. But if you what? ask him, by the way, about this story, he always says that he was just impressed I remembered what day of the week trash day was because I never took out the trash. So he just thought I was saying 
hey, trash day tomorrow. And he was like, yeah, good job. <laughs> like that, that's his know, that's interpretation. Who knows if we believe him or not, but I'm going with him. I believe him. But what I want I, to I'm going to give him some credit. <laughs> I give him all the credit in the world. I've never met the guy, but I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> but what I want to go to is maybe the second time that he didn't, you know, it yeah. didn't follow through and how we deal with that time. Cause yeah. that time's the more important time. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. So the first time you do it, it's not going to work out. You're going to collect the stamp. What you have to be aware of is the next time it happens, don't collect a second stamp. When you go to that moment where your brain says it's not a big deal, I want you to stop in that moment and say, if I'm having to say that to myself, it actually does irk me. I need to go address it. And the thing about emotional stamps is the longer we sit on them, the more weighted they become, the heavier, the, the more heartbroken, all of the things if we sit on them. But we can deal with them in a moment, right? We can take that. And instead of maybe that second time that he didn't do it, if I had gotten out of my car, come back upstairs, woken him up nicely and said, hey, I, I feel like I asked you to take out the trash last night. And, and it didn't get done. And then I always say, how can I help you to make this happen? How can I help you to make this happen? Do I need to remind you differently? Is it how I'm asking? Is it when I'm asking? You know, is it that we have a disagreement on who takes out trash? Because that may be a bigger disagreement. But the trick is to ask when, before it gets emotional. Ask before it's been five times. Ask at the beginning. Right, so, so you have it happen once, make a note to yourself, oh, okay, that happened. If it happens a second time, you have to deal with it in the moment so that there isn't emotion around it. It can be a logical conversation about expectations. So I love what you said, and I wanna break it down a little bit before we you know, move forward because there's just so much here that can save a relationship. Um, so what I heard you say is, just no matter what, before this gets fiery inside and it becomes some, you know, um, bullet to your chest, sit down and have the right conversation. But now when you're sitting down, what does that look like? And what I heard you say is you took just as much ownership in the dialogue. Please, if any listener is listening right now, that's the piece. If you could look in the mirror and recognize that you asked yourself, you asked out loud so many questions that brought you into the ownership of the outcome. So maybe we have a, um, a, a, a misalignment on who takes out the trash. Maybe I didn't say it right. Maybe you were tired at that time. How do I help you help us make this a great outcome? So what I heard is take a portion, take some of the ownership and don't point fingers Watch your words. Are your words really condemning? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's so important. You're right. It, it's about, and, and I think that's the, that's the piece, right? That's the intelligent piece of the emotions. It, it's being intelligent enough to know that sometimes they, they get brought up, right? And, and we get triggered and we feel things. And in those moments where we have all of that, we have to step back and ask ourselves, the number one question I always ask myself is, is it this person's fault? 
And I will tell you that in my own life, 99% of the time, it's not. 99% of the time, it's either the fault of some emotional baggage I'm bringing from previous relationships and previous experiences that I'm now taking out on this person, or it's my fault because I didn't ask a good question. I didn't ask it in a way that made them know what I was wanting, what, I, what my expectations were. I wasn't clear, I hinted. I, I made an assumption that they understood as opposed to just being clear with my language. 99% of the time, it's not that person's fault. It's the communication or it's something that's coming in. And that's where we need that intelligence piece to switch on and really think through where are we at right now? How did we get here? And really, how do we move forward? How do we make it better in the future? To your point, let's take that ownership and say, how can I help you make this work for us, right? So that we move forward as, a, as an agreement, as a relationship. You know, what's going through my head is so many of more female clients, friends, friend circle, female, you know, everybody's searching for respect and they, you know, they desire, you know, to be taken seriously. And yet we hear men say all the time, you know, she's crazy. Or, you know, you see online dating, like, uh, you know, no more drama. And I can't help but to think so much of what we're talking about kind of inflames both of those sides to a ball. So especially, uh, you know, male and female to really think about, you might have baggage, you might have, you know, not been brought up with this ability of role modeling to be able to understand how do I articulate these great questions? What are you kidding? I want to stab them. So yeah. what do we tell that person who's never seen this role model? And like, like you said, they're triggered. And now the only thing they could think about is I want to knock his head off, or you know, she's a lunatic. I'm out of here. What does somebody do when they're in this spot? Because this just seems like some foreign mumbo jumbo and unicorn land. Yeah. So I, I think in the moment, there's a couple of things we can do. And 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 the first thing I'm gonna say is something probably everybody's heard 5,000 times. Breathe. And, and, and here's why I say breathe though. It, it's not just breathing to center yourself. That's actually not the reason. If we think about emotion, emotion is chemicals flooding our bloodstream. It's hormonal. That's what emotion is. So we feel an emotion because the hormones are flooding our bloodstream, which make us feel physically in a different way. So when you feel stressed, it's because your cortisol or adrenaline was spiked. When you feel happy and smiley and calm, it's because oxytocin and endorphins were spiked. So in that moment, the truth is the quicker you get your blood pumping, the quicker you get those chemicals through your system, the less you'll feel it. So breathing is getting more oxygen to your brain and allowing you to recenter those chemicals so that they stop firing. So in those hard moments, breathing is not just about, well, just take a deep breath before you say something you don't mean. No, that's true. But really the breathing is to get oxygen to your brain and to oxygenate your blood so there's less hormones involved. So breathing is the number one thing we can do in, in a traumatic time when we're feeling triggered, when we're feeling that moment. The second thing is I always try and ask myself, and this is a hard thing to do. And trust me, I still struggle with it to this day. And I've been doing it for 15 years. I have to ask myself, is now the time for me to open my mouth? 
And sometimes, and we have an agreement, my husband and I have an agreement to say, this is not the moment for me to have this conversation. Please, please excuse me. And let's come back to this. And we walk away because there is nothing good that's going to come out in that moment. And it's not a, it's not a thought out response. It's an emotional response. And what ends up happening usually is we just keep yelling at each other for things and then it's not going anywhere. Stop so being, yeah. And so being able to, to actually say out loud in a nice, calm tone, now is not a good time for me to have this conversation. I feel I'm going to say something I don't mean. Could you please excuse me? And could we come back to this and leave the room? And then what I would tell you is go get that blood pumping, work out, do push-ups, do jumping jacks, get that blood flow going so that you get those chemicals out your system. You'll come into that next conversation in such a clearer place and without all the emotion. And when you do that, people start to listen. I love what you just said. And um, I want to follow it up. What you just, what I heard you say is go work out, you know, go to the gym, go for a run, go for a walk do what you need to do to get that blood pumping. But what you should not do is phone a friend. Oh, no, never, <laughs> ever. And, so and here's the thing. That. Don't we phone do, a friend. Right? It's Why? just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse, right? Because at the end of the day, right, all you're doing, and, and here's the truth of it. It is a little brainy, but stick with me. When we phone a friend, all we do is rehash what already happened. You're just continuing to live in the emotion. You're continuing to fire off those chemicals and those hormones into your bloodstream. All you're doing is getting yourself more worked up and more emotional. Even if your friend is trying to help, the fact is the rehash of what's going on is what causes us to keep feeling that way. We need to stop rehashing and start moving. We got we to get out. We got to move forward. And, and I'm not a person who works out. That is not my thing. But I will, if I'm like feeling that emotion, I will find a space in my house and I, I will just do some jumping jacks, right? Run in place for 30 seconds. It doesn't take a lot to make a huge emotional change. And I think that's the part that we have to remember. Changing your physiology. I would even think cranking some music that you love. Yeah, music Definitely. is great, sights and smells, right? If you have a candle or essential oils, a lot of people like essential oils, that can do it. You just gotta get those chemicals shifted. Unbelievable. So I guess as we start landing the plane here, what I would say is this is amazing. This is life-changing. And again, I'm thinking about the many people, you know, I've, like I said, I, I've been in this field for, so many years and still learning so much. So what about the many people who have never had role modeling? They've not been involved and they've been, came out of, you know, traumatic relationships and they're starting over, they're in their forties, they're in their fifties. And you just, you're almost wired this way. Yeah. What resources, what do I say? Well, how is it the quick help? Now it's definitely a longer road. You change and transformation is never, just this quick. It actually, your mindset could be that quick. Yeah. To change your habits and start learning. What are the resources that are out there 
that can really start beginning to help somebody make the, the bigger changes. Yeah. So I think, you know, and, and you said, you know, one of the key words, which is triggers. So what I would tell you is if, if you really are looking for resources, and you can number one, Google, because Google is our friend in a lot of ways. And so you can Google things like personal triggers, psychological triggers, emotional triggers. And those will give you some articles that give you some quick tips and some help. Um, I also, I, I'm a, I don't read for fun. I read when I need to learn. <laughs> and there are books on personal triggers and how to identify them and how to get over them. And so I, I do think it's about finding whether you're, you're a reader, whether you maybe listen, listen to podcasts, there are different resources out there, but I think the key element that you need to search for is trigger. And it's one of the things that I walk my clients through is a trigger discovery. You got to learn what your triggers are so you can re-trigger yourself in new ways. You got you to transform the trigger. And the only way that happens is you have to identify it. And so one of the skills that, that I use to identify my triggers is I carried around a little tiny notebook in my purse, right? Thank God I, I was a female who carried a purse. I could have a little notebook in my purse and every day when I would experience an emotion, a, a, a feeling, I would get out my little notebook and I'd write it down. And then what I would write down is what was happening right before. That's a trigger. That's what's leading me here. And and over time, I identified what those triggers were. And then I started doing the deep work of retraining my brain to be triggered differently. Excellent. Really great, great thoughts there. I love it. Um, do you know uh, the, off the top of your mind, any one or two books or podcasts? I know I have one here while you're looking. Um, I was trying to pull up my, my own. I mean, I have so many in my library. But there's actually one that I've read. It was a harder read. It was called Emotional Intelligence. <laughs> That's actually the name of it. Yeah. Crucial Conversations was another really, really great book. These are my two that I would recommend. These are two I use all the time. So I'm so, going to say, yeah, say so, the title out loud for the people if it's on absolutely. Spotify. The Language of Emotions by Carla McLaren. This is all about how do you talk about your emotions in an intelligent way? So why do you feel them? And then how do you talk about them so that you start to get more ownership over your emotions? So I love that one. And then the other one is Psychological Triggers by Peter Hollins. And this is that trigger element I talked about. And in here, it really gives you an idea of why do you get triggered to some things? Why not other things? And you learn how to re-trigger yourself, how to create a different trigger that'll get you a more successful outcome. So those are two that I would suggest. Um, as you said, <laughs> some are an easier read than others. Language of emotions is a little bit of a harder read. Psychological triggers is super quick and easy. Um, but it really is about doing that self-awareness piece, right, of emotional intelligence. And we always say emotional intelligence includes self-awareness and then other awareness and then situational awareness. And what most of us lack 
is the self-awareness piece. If we could get the self-awareness piece down, the other two, most of us have more experience with other awareness and situational awareness, but it all has to start with ourselves. You know, this is really priceless information. And I would add into the resources, the, the book, Emotional Intelligence. I think it's one of the highest greatest Absolutely. Rated books. Again, yes. I would say, and I'm, I love to read. I actually downloaded it and listened to, to it through Audible. It was a stale, but I made it through it. But what is really good about it, I got the hard copy as well. There's actually tests in the yes. book that actually mm -hmm. give you like where your quotient is. So yes. you can come out and know where you lie on that spectrum of emotional intelligence. So Absolutely. that in and of itself makes yeah. the book worthy of the purchase and to listen to, and that it gives you the links to download, to take some of the tests. So I would say that's a great resource, but to, to really finish out here, um, if this is resonating with, with any of our listeners right now, is there anything, um, you know, that you're offering and um, at minimum, can you share how people would get in touch with you if they just want to learn more? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the best way to get in touch, honestly, is either through my website or social media. So my website is drstevydon.com and my social media is all at drstevydon. So it's all together. You can always find me. And really, I think the thing, if this is hitting people, I would, I would encourage people to take a look at some of my free webinars, things that you can look into. If you want to shoot me an email, shoot me a message, let me know that you heard us on this podcast. I'm happy to send you one of my emotional intelligence trainings so you can watch that on your own and kind of figure out where it works for you and what suits you. And then the other thing I would say completely selfishly is this is really the theme of my upcoming book, uh, which will be out in February and it's called Always Be the Shark. And several of the chapters are devoted to how we handle our emotions and how they impact our lives. So if this is something you're interested in, I would definitely recommend that too. Excellent, that will be February 21. Uh, 22, yes. February, 22. February 2022. Oh, yeah, used to that. I so, know, it's so crazy. So I just would encourage all of our listeners, if Stevie is offering all these complimentary things for you to put your foot in the water, and you're somebody who I know I'm guilty as well, you know, that trigger happens and I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow <laughs> instead of really taking my time and thinking things through. So what great reminders, what healthy convictions, and what beautiful encouragement to really learn how to be the best self. So I encourage everyone, reach out to Stevie, get any of her free resources, learn, look on her website. And Stevie, I know we've been through quite a little journey to try to get this podcast off the ground and it was certainly worth it. I'm glad that you and I stuck through it. It has been a gift. You are a gift and thank you for sharing your wisdom because it was truly really rewarding. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, well, I think we're going to come back for part two. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. You have a wonderful rest of the evening and thanks everyone. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Gem Revealed's podcast, Discover Your Soulmate. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. We really value your opinion, so please feel free to send us your question, comments, or feedback. You can email us at info at gemrevealed.com. 
You can also find out more about Gem Revealed services by visiting gemrevealed.com. I'll see you next time as we discover your soulmate.